What's up, guys? Unfortunately, we are back in your ears once again. Uh, me and Ryan, the High Street Freaks. And you know what? I think we've got some some good news from the transfer portal. I don't know. I I we'll, we'll hit it. I think I think generally speaking, getting playable players from the transfer portal is good news. So we're gonna we're gonna start off with that. We'll probably get into some um, some guys that Ohio State still could land. We'll talk about that numbers crunch of uh, Ohio State has to make some guys magically disappear by the the start of fall camp, and um, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of draft. So we got a, a a full slate for you guys. I decided to be a little more professional and just like give you an intro of like what we're going to talk about instead of just like coming in and bullshitting yeah. for like fifteen seconds. So I can't guarantee we're going to do that every time, but uh, you know, this is this is me trying, is the the great Taylor Swift says. Hmm. I cannot endorse any kind of Taylor Swift content in this podcast, as you, yeah. as you well know. Uh, Had to slip that in there. <laughs> Taylor Swift is unfortunately the scourge of all of all like uh, kind of cynical white boys everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I love she's that. just a little too hopeful for me. That's uh, fair. No, it, it didn't yeah, used to but, be. It never used to be that way. Back back in the day, it was. Uh, low-key just depressing but um yeah, yeah. I, I feel you i feel you, I got i mean listen as a super fan of like a couple different artists out there i get i get the vibe of the swifties but they're just too annoying i'm sorry i can't separate the idea of like so I, i'm sorry i realize you're kind of a fan i'm not trying to it's not the music oh no i i, I understand oh, okay. it's it's the like the vibe of swifties unfortunately overlaps too much like disney adults oh it's 100 like marvel fans 100 percent. it's like Everyone who's a Swifty, everyone who's a Swifty is married to a guy who's like a Marvel fan, and they both love to go shopping at Target and have like too many jokes about The Office, and yeah. they have like a cat that like this is our child. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like a dog, I, it's like oh, this is our this is our baby, our fur it's, baby. It's exactly what we talked about like last week with the oh shit that we weren't even recording last week when we were talking about the the tater tot nachos. Like you just know oh, the yeah, vibe of yeah, a bar yeah. when you that, like they go to the tater tot nacho places too. It's like the the stereotypical oh, yeah. millennial that like is moving into an apartment. Maybe we're alienating our fan base. God, I hope not. Um, uh, but <laughs> we still love you guys. Like, yeah, I have friends yeah. that are like this. Listen, you know. Uh... <laughs> I feel like I'm doing like a version of like no, I'm like friends with black people. Like it's just stuff like annoying like white millennials. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean like some of them are really nice people. It's just that they have bad taste. Like it's well, not, like it's not. What what kills me is like I've seen I've seen this a lot lately. Like from my friends because like gradually my friends are becoming like homeowners and like doing shit to their house. And I've seen like before and afters of like shit that they've done to their house. And I'm like, man, that would have been awesome 12 years ago like that like you just you just <laughs> updated your house to be like 10 years dated you know like with the wow that's amazing gray vinyl flooring that's with with the black hardware <laughs> the like the like the the black over the, the brush oh, wow. and has silver finishes yeah <laughs> man oh whoa it's a waterfall shower huh hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah no i don't know man, i mean I feel I feel like we're probably like, hitting I'm, it too close to. For, for uh, listen, I am obviously someone stereotype too. Like I'm just hundred like, percent. Yeah. I'm the fucking asshole who gets like tattoos in his late twenties and moves to New York. I understand that I am like someone's version of this as well. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sure. better at making fun of it than they are at me. <laughs> 
and I have a podcast, which for better yeah, or for we, worse, we have like, a microphone. Yeah. If, if you if you want to make fun of me, start a podcast and uh, yeah, get your bully pulpit. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm I endorse being bullied online. I think. Um, I I don't think people realize that like people like, pe- there's people who've like seen like mean things that people say about me or something and they're like man like are you okay it's like brother like I I am far too online to be worried about what people like say about me in fact like I I it adds some spice to my day if yeah. somebody says something mean to me online like that I, it kind of just gets the juice flowing like there's nothing better than sure. waking up pulling open Twitter and seeing like three replies from somebody calling you a fucking dumbass online. Like nothing gets the juices flowing. <laughs> it is like, I, like I love the comp. Here's two things of combination. that are great for me. Like I always, this is, this is probably a little too inside baseball, but I structure my day job work. So I have a longer gap in the middle of my day to be able to go to the gym and lift some weights. And if I'm doing that at the same time as someone started to argue with me on Twitter and I get the combination of going to go lift some weights and some assholes like got me pissed off talking about like it's better than pre-workout like, like, like whether or not like Donovan Jackson is going to be like a day two or a day three NFL pick like oh I'm ready to fucking roll yeah, I am ready to go so good it. it's yeah. so good. But man, yeah, I mean, I like we we wrote an entire article that like <laughs> I feel that risks like you know litigation because some guy called me crazy online a while ago. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, we brought up legal documents just to be able to get off get one on a uh, on Kirk Barton and Ken Stick because over like a minor internet beef. Like I I love fighting online. I think it's my favorite thing to do. There's a guy on TikTok that um called me a dumbass for claiming that Marvin Harrison was not gonna transfer to US. USC, and mm. he said like i'll be back in the comments when he ends up playing for usc next year and i haven't i i like went back and found the comment today but i literally replied to him and said man like we should make a pact here like if he transfers to usc i will delete yeah. my tw- my tiktok account and if he doesn't you have to delete yours and he never replied to me but like just mm. the confidence to say like i'll be back when it happens and then just like ghost it completely when it doesn't happen yeah of like course that. and it's all from like you know a random barstool guy who of course has no sources nothing plugged yeah. in whatsoever uh have you seen that guy? dude i i had like i didn't realize where who was coming from for a while have you seen that guy's profile picture yeah uh, i mean i he i, I like didn't lord farquad with like a crustache i didn't know that it was that that's who like started the rumor until like yesterday when the transfer portal closed like I, I yeah. finally saw him was like, oh well, you know, congrats to Ohio State for keeping him or something. And I was like, wait, it started with this motherfucker? Like, ah. Oh God. man. But yeah. speaking of speaking of guys who did not transfer away, um, I guess we'll we'll, we'll get to this, but I, I am like reeling it the number of players. Like we did a whole podcast about the guys that Ohio State needs to process and get the hell out of the program. And there's still a lot of them here. Yeah, well, there's been <laughs> some talk about this. That basically some of these guys, like, the, the, so, oh God, I've probably been on my most anti-player tip in a while on this one since, like, I, I called JSN like a coward for not playing, <laughs> which I don't yeah. think is exact words. But you know, basically in 2014, the Big Ten passed a rule that it was guaranteeing all of the scholarship athletes four years of a scholarship, which was a really great recruiting tool at the time. Uh, and now as like players have complete freedom of movement with like the, the one time transfer rule and the NALs involved, it seems like a pretty bad gig for the colleges to guarantee a player any period of time because you need more flexibility for roster management. Um, 
And basically, if they are so inclined, like this is very rare exceptions, but like your shittiest players, if they want to, can just show up to campus and just hang out on scholarships as long as they show up to every practice for four years. Yeah. Which is appear to be exactly what is happening to two of Ohio State's worst and most useless players. It's pretty uh, funny. Tutant and Trey LaRue. And the best part is like it's kind of predictable because like if yeah. you would have told me out of this class who are the two guys that would do that, like I, like n- no question I would have picked those two. And like it makes yeah. sense because based on their recruiting rankings, you know those motherfuckers never had any expectation to play at Ohio State. Like, you know, they didn't like looking at that. Like, I I don't know. Like maybe that's too mean, but like, I I could see them easily coming in and being like, Oh, it's just cool to be here. Like I'm excited to be a Buckeye and be on scholarship. And so it's really hard to push them out because they're like, Oh no, I'm good. Like I, this is exactly what I wanted. Like I don't need to play. Yeah. When I get a Jersey, I get a locker room. I get like free food. No, I'm cool, dude. I'll right. show up to every practice. All you need from me, <laughs> yeah. Like, and so, like, I get they're it. They're not violating team rules. <laughs> no, uh, but you, I, I had a theory about this. So, one of our listeners sent me a a, <laughs> a screenshot of Grant Tutant's Instagram, which I, I probably do not follow. But apparently, during spring break and like the middle of spring practice, this guy went to Disneyland with his girlfriend. Um, Here's my theory on this. If you're going to be a successful football player, during your spring breaks in the middle of spring practice, you have to do one of two things. You either have to be the kind of guy that, like, stays around Columbus and is doing, like, insane hardo workouts, like, showing up at uh-huh. 6 a.m. during, like, Easter Sunday, or uh-huh. you have to be, like, nearly getting arrested in some random beach in Florida drunk out of your mind. I was wondering where you were going with that. If, if you're, you're doing 100% anything right. except <laughs> – if you're doing anything except one of those two things, yeah. you are in the wrong business. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're just in the wrong business. No, it's a hundred percent right. Cause like, as you were saying the like hardo working out and stuff, I was thinking like, no, but like there's the wide receivers that like, you know, you're going to see them in Miami and yeah, yeah that, that, that's a hundred percent. The right. kind of guys 100%. you want to see, you want to see your receivers, Miami, you want to see your white defensive ends in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to see maybe a tight end. Well, tight ends. Tight ends are kind of Miami guys. They're, they're kind of a wild ends, card. The tight ends are kind of like getting drunk and like doing Oklahoma drills with citizens on, on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're the cross they could go either way like they could either be at home working out or you take them to the beach and they're just doing the same shit like in miami instead yeah. so yeah but yeah, yeah disney the whole world. thing is disney world man you can't be going to fucking disney i said land disney world whatever same thing yeah, whatever. um not, not a theme park guy i like a theme park i'm just not a big th- i'm not a theme park guy right know? yeah no uh, it's, i i understand but man, like, but I, 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 they're, I told they're you, on the roster still. They can't get rid of them. Yeah. I told you that story about uh, that Eric Eric Sager claims, like, swears that he saw during a game Kyle Trout sitting with his fiance just in the crowd, <laughs> like, while he's on scholarship, and that's like fucking hilarious to me. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it rules, dude. It's a great move if you can do it. Like I, uh, I'm not even I'm not even mad I'm not even mad like just that's fine like that that's that's on that's on Ryan Day it's not on the players like if because you know you know that Ryan Day is like we'll get we'll get into this I I had a uh, somebody text me this weekend talking about um, basically Ohio State really 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 cares about the impression of being a players first program and like Oof. to the to the point that they um, they do not like to or will not really engage in talking players into staying if they are like on the fence about going to the nfl because they don't want it to come across as them trying to like 
get players to stay and do what's not best for their future or something like that. Um, and that, that's like, that's, that's confirmed. Like that's what, and that's from a pretty good source that like, that's legit. They, um, they don't want to do that. And so all around, like if that's their philosophy about, um, you know, not wanting to, to talk about play, or not wanting to uh, convince players to stay for another year instead of go to the NFL, I can't imagine what their approach would be to like that situation, you know, like obviously Ryan day, given what, what I just said is not going to be a hard ass and just like play hardball with the two guys that like, don't want to leave the program. So I think it's just kind of like one of those where it's just like, they're probably taking advantage of Ryan day, essentially being a little too nice in this situation too. Cause I think, I feel like urban Meyer would have been the guy which I mean, maybe not cause Kyle Trout took advantage of him too, but, um, would would have been the guy that would have just been like get the fuck out or you know you're gonna do sprints the entire practice or like something stupid like that but um i don't know i just i don't i don't think ryan day is the sort of guy that's gonna like rudely or like bluntly process a guy so that's that's where we are and that's the problem i mean that's that's like it i I mean look it's nice about the idea being a player's first program that like you know there's been direct statements or illusions from berm it's like you know high the place guys want to stay around and they like that guys want to stay around the program and like that's actually generally not been beneficial for them like it's very rarely actually helped them like, no who were like the 60 or seniors whatever that are giving them a lot of juice on any of these teams like well i think that's just bad practice for like college football in general like generally speaking a guy who wants to stick around for six years like great i'm glad you like it here but like it's like when your shithead like 24 year old son is like still at your house it's like yeah you know i'm glad you feel welcome here but like go do something you know like yeah there was some fucker on the message boards complaint not ours uh, another one complained about oversigning recently and it's like you first of all (laughs) go back to 2013 but like second like the idea of like like here's the thing is like the correct way to manage a roster is generally like you, you should always have 85 scholarships. Obviously, it goes without saying. You like in an ideal world are going to lose, you know, 10 to 15 guys per year to matriculation in the NFL, et cetera, if not more than that. You're going to probably lose another five to 10 to the transfer portal of guys who are looking at provide opportunities. And you should process another five to 10 on your own, which means you should be signing like 30 person, 25 to 30 person classes every year. Yep. Like every single year should be 25, 20, 25, 25 freshmen, five transfers, something like that. Yeah, sure. Every year, like every single year, because you should constantly be trying to deliberately churn the worst parts of your roster out of it. And the idea of like, you know, keeping guys around for their fourth or fifth year and see if they can do something is simply not going to produce, you know, your bet. Like, like it's not Iowa, right? Where guys take right. longer curves to develop. It's not, it's not, it's it's not one of those schools where it takes a longer time to get to where you're trying to go. Like generally, the players you're bringing in, they are either talented enough they're going to hit relatively quickly, or, or you they're, know they're, they're never going to work out. Or, or you know, and like a lot of these guys, we already know. Like, are there edge cases where guys take longer to develop? Like, sure, it happens, right? Like, there are some of those dudes. Like maybe a Davon Hamilton, right? It took a little longer physically to get there. It was a three star you brought in, whatever. Like those guys are on the roster, but the majority of them, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it pretty fast, right. and. Or you're at least going to see evidence that it's trending in that direction, or they're going to have like injuries that set them back or something like that. But a guy who just like is on the roster for four or five years and is still like third string, like (laughs) you got to know what's happening there, you know? Like, right. 
Yeah, and then you have these guys who are like going to stay for four or five years, whatever, and like eventually they, they get just good enough that you have to start them because they're quote unquote experienced and know the system. And then you're like you're getting your five star dude who ends up being an NFL player. You only get one year of him in his real position because yep. you're not playing some guy who actually deserves to be there. You know who actually has the talent to grow into it. Like it's just not maximizing talent. It's not a wise roster construction thing. It's just shitty. Any like they're like I realize there's nothing they can do really about Tutan and, and Larue. It's kind of just. It's it is just it part is. of the deal, right? Yeah. It's just like it's it's this point that you're too far down the road, like you messed up in the first place by signing them. Now you're kind of lying your own bath and won't leave. But the general a general roster construction philosophy, like there are some guys that you've got to be getting the fuck out of here, right? Like, yeah. like there are just some of these dudes that we just like I don't know, man. Like, what is having like G Scott still on the roster doing for anybody? What is having like you know Trey LaRue or Grant Tutan on the roster doing for anybody? What is having a fucking Jaden McKenzie, Enoch Ramahi on this roster. Why did you bring in Victor Cutler, right? Like, you know, like some of these guys, like you're just not getting anything out of them because they've been, you know, fucking Cam Martinez is currently going to start. Court right. Williams is in a position anymore, still on the roster. Like a lot of these guys are just fucking hanging around forever. You don't have the means to replace them. You're not replacing them fast enough. You're just kind of keeping guys around and around and around as they don't contribute. And it's like, you just keep doing that. And for what? Like they're just taking snaps from more important younger players who actually have a chance to be something with their known quantity. It's just bad practice. Like it's just not smart roster shit, right. roster construction. And more than that, like this isn't even us just like being hating assholes. Like to be clear, we are, but like, this yeah. is like, you could listen to like any urban Meyer press conference over the last, like over like the final, like four years of his career. And he was like bitching about the same thing. Like, nah, like we generally don't want guys to stay five years. Like you get a log jam of players. Like he's, he's spoken about that openly in press conferences. Like, you know, like you don't really want guys. You don't want he's that's why he said, like, we messed up by redshirting too many players, because if you redshirt a player, that means that they're going to be in your program for a year longer. And generally speaking, yep. you don't want a guy in your program for a year longer. The best there's a reason why the best players are gone in three years. You know, like you ideally want a roster full of guys who are going to leave in three years. That's yeah. just the way the college football is now. So, um yeah, so I, I don't I don't know that it's I mean I'm sure it's great for recruiting that it's a players friendly, you know, locker room, whatever, but like it doesn't really like benefit you. I'm not even convinced that it is also. I'm not even convinced they're actually getting more out of that, that culture thing. Like again, maybe I I've just become I I I'll be honest, I have become some kind of like right wing lunatic about football <laughs> at this point. Like I think Ryan Day has forced <laughs> me to react into becoming a lunatic again. But like I do want some guys that have a little dog to them. Like, call me crazy. Uh, like, I want guys that are like so desperate to get in the field that if they're not getting a chance at it, they're not beating out the guys ahead of them. They will transfer to a different program to go do that. I don't want the yeah. guy who's like, "Yeah, coach, I'll work hard and be a good boy and stay around." Like for a season or a season and a half. Yeah, sure. But like, if you're like out of your, you know, you enroll early, you're here for a spring, a fall, a season, a spring, and you're not showing any sense of progress of being in the two deep. I want you gone. Yeah, like, like, you, like you should be trying to get to, like. Like what? What is Court Williams doing? And I like Court Williams. To be fair, like All what's he doing? A great kid. I think he's looking on the field when he's got. Chance I think he's. I think he's a, a good position. player. He doesn't have a position. Yeah. Wait, he's not going to play. Like he's the third go. nickel. He's like the second Sam behind behind he's, Sonny or Caesar He's or way too like, good to not play, and he's just like hanging out on the roster. Like I don't. I don't get it. Like that's one of the rare ones where it's like, all right, if you want to do that, that's fine. Like I. I, you get on the field and whatever position happens, and like three injuries happen. Like that's that's cool, but like. Yeah, I, I have no that that's a mind numbing decision unless he's like set unless he's set to graduate and he might be a grad transfer or something like that. I don't know. I guess we can we can move into talking about that. Like, how the hell is Ohio State going to get down to the 85? Because they're at right. 88 so, right now. 
they're actually 87 now is what I have about them. Um, is it? With, okay. I have, I, my math has been 87, uh, which is if you're including Sonny Styles, sorry, not Sonny Styles, um, Lorenzo Styles Jr. Uh, and Josh Simmons. Simmons coming in, coming in. They so, have 87 with those two, unless I'm missing somebody. Um, I, I, ca- I counted 88, but the point is, like, either way, because I had 89 before. Um, Whoever just no, and then Caleb uh, Brown, and then Caleb Brown. I had eighty nine before Caleb Brown, but either way, Jake Sieber too. I did. I don't know. Well, I, I, I probably can't count. I'm sure your your number is correct. I, I, I can do some math over on here as well. But I mean, yeah, I mean, look, they're eighty seven. Either way, they gotta get rid of some guys, right? And and the thing is, it's past. A lot of people are like, "Well, what the fuck happened?" It's past the transfer portal window. Yeah. Um. Do you want to get into that? Do you want to kind of explain why it's not? Yeah. I mean. I mean, first off, like it, it isn't great necessarily. Like I think they'd ideally want to, because there's a chance that they, from what I understand, they might still add one other player too. Um, they they yes. could still shop out of the portal. We'll we'll get into that a little bit. But um, graduate transfers are like this is not a window for graduate transfers. I don't know if there is. A, I don't think there is a window for graduate transfers. Um, I think graduate transfers can technically enter the portal whenever they're eligible as a graduate. Um, so if you have players graduating in the spring, like in May, hypothetically, you could see more players from Ohio State enter the portal after they graduate. Now, we obviously don't really know which players those would be. It's a little difficult. There aren't a lot of four or five year guys who've already been in the program four or five years on the roster um, that that you would want to get rid of at this point. Um, or you could realistically see them getting rid of. So that's really difficult. The other thing is like, some of these guys, like they take year round classes, they're you know, they're there summer through um, you know, all, all year round. So some of them are further ahead than four years. So they some some three year guys might be on track to graduate. All that to say, graduates can enter the transfer portal. So if they've got two, three guys that are planning to graduate, they could enter the portal in the spring. Another one is that medical guys. Um, if you are medically disqualified or something like that, you can also be removed from the roster that way. And, right. and, and way not that, count against the 85. And not count against the 85. And so um, if – shout out to Jamel Dean there. But um, if you if you talk about – that's that's an impossible to like speculate situation too because Ohio State is the opposite of transparent about injuries to, by all accounts, like everybody. So um I we're basically there needs to be two, three, maybe four, depending on how things shake out, uh guys gone from the roster before fall camp. But there's reasonable expectation for it to happen, but we don't really know who it's gonna be. And we don't really have a means to speculate who it's going to be. Yeah, well, I mean, we have a slight means. We have a little bit of means, maybe. And, I are... mean, we're going to. We're going to speculate. We're going to. Clear. Yeah. So so let's do it this way first. Let's talk about the number that they're at, who could go. And let's talk about after that, we're talking about who they brought in as to why this happened. Um, and then maybe who they might bring in still. So, so look, there are six players currently in Ohio State's scholarship roster count for this season who have already had their full four years, right? Which means they are all eligible. Ohio State either cut their scholarship that they were on to, which is unlikely for them to enter the transportal, transfer portal of their own accord. Uh, those players are from the 2019, 2018 recruiting class. The lone remaining member is Josh Proctor. 
Uh, from 2019, you have Cade Stover, Enoch Mamahi, Steel Chambers, Tommy Eichenberg, and Jaden McKenzie. Um, it is safe to say, obviously, that Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are going nowhere. Cade Stover's going nowhere. Yeah. Right? Josh Proctor, I would say, is seemingly for the third year in a row going to win a starting job out of camp, despite having <laughs> never been successful in actually playing the position after those seasons have happened. It does appear he's going to be given a job again, um, which is so cool. Um, so that leaves you really with, I mean, but maybe Josh Hunter could transfer. I don't know. Like maybe the idea is he could like, it's, it's possible, I guess. I doubt it, but it's, it's theoretically possible. Um, which really the names leaves you looking at are Enoch Vamahi and Jaden McKenzie. So Vamahi is like kind of being viewed by a lot of people as the sixth man on the line. And, you know, at, the, at least like the, I don't know what you call it, the fourth man on the interior, like the guy who, yeah. if any one of the interior players went down, he'd come into the starting lineup. Right. It's certainly a possibility. Um, the problem with that is he's been like every time they try that before, he gets benched immediately because he's not been able to play. He had that one start and just immediately got benched against Michigan. Uh, go ahead, sorry. And more than that, like hypothetically, we're going to get into. We kind of did this backwards. Uh, we're going to get into Josh Simmons and Lorenzo Styles too. But if Josh Simmons comes in and starts at right tackle, then hypothetically, Tegra then becomes the the sixth man or the extra like flex offensive line yeah, hypothetically. Guard. And so that would push Enoch Vamahi further down on the depth chart. So that's, that's kind of my thought behind why it's looking less and less likely that he's ever really going to see the field. Yeah. I would tend to agree with that. He's also like still, I doesn't really see him physically up to stuff, right? Like, I mean, he's now, he, he came in, the, came into college at 263 pounds. It's now 310. But still doesn't have much play strength, what I can see. Um, just not a very powerful dude. I don't know. I mean, like you hear things about him at camp right now, or at least he used to, but it just hasn't happened in quite a while. And I don't know. It just seems like nothing's really moving here. I hope he figures it out, but it's it's getting pretty late at this point uh, for him to figure it out. I mean, the, the kid has – he does technically still have another year of eligibility left after this one. If he doesn't start this year, he still has one more full season <laughs> could play in his sixth year. But ugh. Uh, the other guy is Jaden McKenzie who, again, has not really contributed whatsoever in his time here so far at Ohio State. He's now entering his fifth season. Uh, he is the fourth defensive tackle this year, and there's only three guys who have any kind of experience. Of course, the big three of Mike Hall, Tyler Williams, and Ty Hamilton. McKenzie's kind of the fourth guy there. But again, a guy we're going to talk about here in a second, they are pursuing a defensive tackle transfer in Taiwan Malone out of Ole Miss, who's a former top 100 guy they loved out of high school. My thought is McKenzie and, and Malone are in a one-in-one-out policy. Or if they land Malone, they're going to tell McKenzie to hit the bricks. And if they don't, he can hang around and see if he can, you know, keep his job over hit Hero Condo for a couple of weeks, uh, give and give Condo someone to chase and beat out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really see it from. Uh, I mean, McKen- like Enoch Mahi, it's not. He's actually. I would like to have him. Right. It'd be nice to have two. Like with how little depth they have, having another experienced player uh, in the two O line two deep would be great. I don't want to lose Enoch Mahi. I am more than happy to lose Shane McKenzie in exchange for Taiwan Malone. That's fine. I couldn't yeah. care less. Yeah. I yeah, that's I mean that that's kind of my thought too. Um I think those are the two most likely grad transfers if you're expecting or hoping for somebody there. Um yeah. That then the interesting group that we get into next is there are four guys who at the end of the spring semester, which is coming up here like now, right? I, I guess there's the May semester, which is part of the spring or part of the summer, I forget. But it's it's happening very soon if it hasn't happened already. 
these guys will have reached the three and a half year mark, which means Ohio State cannot cut their scholarships. Many of them may have graduated and choose to move on. Um, one of those guys you already mentioned in, in Court Williams, right? Court Williams, a guy we talked about a couple of times this podcast, former captain at Ohio State, well-loved player, former top 200 recruit, a guy they all like, but has been often injured and also no longer has a position, right? He was recruited to play that star position. It doesn't exist on Ohio State's defense. He's not in the linebacker depth chart. He's not the too deep at safety. It's just hard to imagine where he would play, like what his role would be. And it's not really his own fault, just simply he has no position in this, in this defense. Um, so Court is the obvious one here. You also have G. Scott, who famously absolutely shit the bed uh, against Michigan last season, one of the most disastrous penalties in Ohio State history, um, and also generally done nothing as a tight end after two full years of playing there, is at best the third tight end of the roster right now. Uh, behind Joe Royer and Kate Stover. Um, is largely being chased at, like Sam Hart, I think actually took reps ahead of him in, in the semifinal game against Georgia uh, whenever whenever Stover got hurt. And uh, it appears Jelani Thurman is hot on his tail as well. And they also have a, a walk-on uh, Patrick Gerd, who may take some of the old um, Mitch Rossi reps. So basically it's hard to see what G Scott's role is in this offense. He's also like a yeah. highly related former recruit, like court could have switches for other people. Um, the guys who are probably going to stay, I mean, Cody Simon is linebacker three here. He'll probably start the following year, his final season, probably like he's going to stay around. Kara Martinez, it seems like against all odds is going to start this year for God knows what reason. Um, we talked about Grant Couton and Trey LaRue who are guys who just kind of, like, you know, refuse to leave, by all accounts, uh, from Ohio State. Uh, and you also have Mitchell Melton. He's interested, actually, in medical candidate for me, Mitchell Melton. I know they, yeah. like, loved him up a lot. Everyone talks about him as this great Jack candidate, which is crazy because when have they seen him play? Yeah. That, 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 that's, every time I hear that, I just, like, kind of shrug. I'm like, I don't know. But, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I, I have no thoughts on Mitchell Melton because how could you have thoughts on Mitchell Melton? Yeah, you you love his high school tape from uh, the fall of 2019. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> from 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 three and a half years ago, you're like, well, yeah, he looked awesome playing high school football in uh, Oney, Maryland. No, it was like uh, that was like the Justin Hilliard takes too. But by his like sixth year, it's like, oh, he was awesome at, at St. X. Like, yeah, yeah. Man. and I guess they were right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, especially considering, I don't know, like, I wonder if he may just have finally like torn up his knee too much or something. I don't know. Um, man, and then like, yeah, coming he's... back from an injury is like hard too because it's you just kind of have to like high school or, sorry, not high school football, college football is all about like building your body to the point where you can compete with these like other behemoths. And every time you injure yourself, you're like resetting that clock. I have yeah. talked to a few guys who've had like lingering injuries and stuff like that. And like one of them was, was Drew Carter, if people know that. I did an interview with him a while ago, um, back at 11 Warriors, and he like basically was like yeah man like the hardest part about injuries is not even just that like you're injured or like you personally have to rehab it's seeing everybody else get better in advance and realizing that every injury you have is like keeping you from doing that you know like because at the nfl level you're just getting back to like your peak performance and you've kind of already proven yourself but like there's so much development and stuff that happens at the college level that like you get three injuries in it's like man i've missed three years of development at this point too so yeah no of course i mean the guy just banged up all the time like like i, I mean that's just the biggest issue is never been healthy like and there's also there are like 
there are rumors from the insiders out there they're like you know Austin Ward and, and uh I believe Tony Gerber have specifically pointed to <coughs> excuse me and Bill Landis specifically points like medical retros a couple times now roster management if you're looking for chronically injured guys in the team like the only guy left is Mitchell Melton right? I, I can't think of anyone else in the team who's chronically injured at this point um there is one guy with the other health issue we talked about which is Avery Henry unfortunately dealing with cancer could take a medical red shirt um but outside of him i mean that's it right like it's just yeah. those two so if, if there are two guys over and you got to get rid of two those two makes sense. <laughs> like it unless is. there's a grad transfer coming we can't first year you know we're not talking about like one of these guys gets their degree and goes I mean, yeah. those are the two names, right? Like, especially right. the fact that it's been specifically hinted to by the insiders to me means like they probably know something, right? Something's coming. Yeah, someone said something to somebody. Yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. But I guess the the reason why we are in this situation in the first place is because Ohio State added some new players, and so we kind of did this backwards. That's my fault. I got a little eager to talk about processing people. Um, the, the Grant Teuton trailer, they just tugged on my heartstrings a little too much. So we kind of did this backwards. We were going to lead off with this, but Ohio State added two new transfers this past week. They brought in Josh Simmons, uh, offensive tackle from San Diego State, and Lorenzo Stiles Jr. from Notre Dame. You guys might know him as the brother of Sonny Stiles. I there's not a chance that I had to explain that on this podcast. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> and the I did son that. of also. <laughs> yeah. Also, also yeah. the son of, yeah. Yeah. Former yeah. Ohio State linebacker. So he is, he has all sorts of Ohio State connections. Uh, man, wait, which one do you want to, which one do you want to talk about first? Well, I think the Styles one is easy, right? This one is like the plan is he's coming this year. He's going to redshirt. Uh, he's going to learn how to play corner after he played wide receiver the last two years. He always should have been defensive back. Ohio State wanted him to be a D back out of high school, and he said he wanted to be receiver. They were right. <laughs> he was wrong. Yeah. He's not coming around. The one interesting part here is there has been some rumor, uh, the rumor mill popping up about the idea of him uh, being a walk on or gray shirting, you know, paying for his first year for mm-hmm. a scholarship. Um, that intrigues me. I don't know if it's the case. I mean, it was a pretty open and shut recruitment for him, right? Just like he took a lot of visits. It was pretty much done. Right. So. I wonder if that's the deal. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. If it is, then they only need to get rid of one guy on scholarship, right? If it's not, I don't know. But, I mean, yeah. I guess we'll, I don't know how we're ever going to find out. Also, it's simply never be publicized. <laughs> that's that's very uh, fair. Yeah, that's that's very fair. We just – it might be one of those cases where just shit, like, magically works out. And you're like, well, I wonder what the hell happened here. But um, – my my favorite part, I don't really have thoughts on Lorenzo Styles. Like that's one of those it's just like, yeah, man, that's cool. Like he is obviously has clear connections to Ohio State. It made all the sense in the world if there's a free spot, like that's cool. My funniest part, the funniest thing about that was that it appears to have rattled Marcus Freeman enough that um he's like hyping Notre Dame academics is why he's sad that he's leaving. I'll read this quote from him. Um it says uh this was right after his like press conference right after this the spring game he said yeah he just came to me and said he's going to enter the transfer for- portal you wish him all the best the only thing i told him and his father was that i hate him losing an opportunity to get a degree from notre dame that's the whole Shut thing the fuck up all of our players chase this nfl dream and chase this dream of playing a lot of football and major college football that can be achieved 
but the degree from Notre Dame is truly something special. I want that for one of my players because I believe that an education from Notre Dame and a degree from Notre Dame will take care of you for the rest of your life. And that's what I want for all of my kids that come through this program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, that's how you know. Dude, Marcus, how you know. Marcus Freeman is, is not long for that job. I got into it today with an Notre Dame. I got, I was, I, you know how I'm, it's the Aussies and I'm desperate for just beef. Is yeah. that <laughs> I got into it today with some Notre Dame account? I think you saw the tweet. I did. It was, was some great. like idiot, idiot recruiting page account that pays for a blue check was like saying how high O line's a huge issue, or whatever, and how we had to take this bad OT from San Diego State, all of which is true. But also, we're still going to kick their ass. They're a terrible right. football team. That's that's the thing. Like, I, 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 I think I think that the teams that like the other college football fans that see Ohio State fans in misery. They're like, oh, it's going to be a rough year for the Buckeyes. It's like, yeah, maybe, but my rough year is eleven and one or ten and two, and so like, it's it's not like you're just going to get to sit there and point and laugh at me. It's like maybe I'll miss the playoff. Like that's 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 as bad as it gets. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I am I am like I'm terrified about the offensive line, but I haven't thought about Notre Dame once. You know, like I'm I'm yeah. worried about like I'm worried about Michigan. I'm worried about like the playoff or like a late game against Penn State. Notre Dame, like Notre Dame's the one that's tripping here. Like Ohio State's going to beat yeah. Notre Dame by like 30. When I think of the O-line, I think of fears are one, getting embarrassed by Michigan again. Two, getting to the playoff again, embarrassed there. Three, like losing to both Michigan and Penn State and missing the playoff altogether. I guess it's probably two ahead of three. Yeah. Um, four, losing to Wisconsin somehow. And then five, I guess it's Notre, I guess it's Notre Dame. Yeah. But like I, I don't know. No, probably sorry. Five is I guess the Western team, the clear conference championship game. If we make it there, uh, whoever it is, be Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah, Wisconsin again, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Or, so the West actually is horrible this year. But yeah, uh, that that was that was very funny. I saw that too, and it's like I I hadn't even considered that Notre Dame fans would be talking trash. That's kind of how it hit me last last month or last year too. Like before the game, it's like oh shit, they think they're gonna win. Like oh, that's wild. It happens to me like childish. Yeah, that this is this is the arrogant Ohio State fan section of this podcast. But that happened to me one time when I went to a Big Ten championship game. It was, um, I think it was twenty six seven seventeen. It was twenty seventeen, and no, it was twenty eighteen. The Dwayne Haskins year, and Wisconsin was playing Ohio State, and I realized like maybe like the second quarter or something like that that there were a lot of Wisconsin fans there, and. I realized that they were undefeated and I was like, oh shit, they really think they're going to win. And then they're going to get to the college football playoff. Like I just, I hadn't even considered that like Wisconsin could win the game. And like, if they won, they would go to the playoff. But like, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes with these games. Yeah. I got to start listening to more like local sports talk radio. We play a team that's undefeated early in the year or something like that. That seems yeah. fun. Like more like, but yeah. what if they beat the Buckeyes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the only team, the only teams in the country that can trash talk Ohio State really quick here are, are, are like Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama. Any, if you're yeah. not one of those three teams, you can't say shit to us. Yeah, and, and Michigan, like that's on rental too. Like it's not like they could do it for the previous like two decades. It's like they won back to back games. I'm like to be to be fair, like I'll I'll eat the shit talk. Like they they earned it. Like they they beat Ohio yeah. State, but like well, the I, previous yeah. two years, like that's that's a new one. You know, it's it's not even like they're right. they're leaning on history there either. Yeah, I've said this before, but the fact they're not good at it does piss me off. Like the yeah. fact that Michigan's fans are not talking shit the right way is annoying yeah. to me. Um, yeah, it's very annoying. It's very annoying. 
I've I've seen yeah, a lot of like like slandering CJ Stroud and calling JJ McCarthy good. It's like, no, like that's not the correct way to trash talk my team. Like everybody with a brain knows that like CJ Stroud's a better quarterback. Like just like make fun of Ohio it's, State's like like toughness or say that like we beat you with a bad quarterback. Ha ha ha. Like that cuts deep, man. Like yeah. JJ McCarthy went up there and completed 50% of his passes, completed one pass longer than five yards in the entire second half and still kicked my team's ass. Like that cuts deep. Yeah, that Trying hurts. to say that yeah. he's better than CJ Stroud, that doesn't mean anything to yeah. me. Yeah. It's like it's like if you're like in gym class and like the dodgeball teams end up lopsided and your team loses, like they have like six guys left on the on the on the court and you like lose with the, the last guy or whatever. And like like the shittiest kid in your team who no one ever bothers like worried about, they try to like leave to late, like ends up talking shit to you. Like that's kind of what it feels like whenever other fans who like aren't who like in the Big Ten are talking shit to us. Like Penn State yeah. fans, they like, try to get worked up about like making fun of Ohio State's decline or whatever. Like, come on, shut the fuck up. We're still gonna win this year. Yeah. Like you're like always get back in the cave. Yeah. Penn State's won one game in the past like decade, two decades, and it was because Urban Meyer rushed out his kicker. Like they had a fluke blocked field goal. That's the only reason they won. We talk about how like oh, that's the funny. closest that's like Penn State always has Ohio State's number. It's like, no, no, they don't. James Franklin choked twice. I, God, I, I, it's a, the off season, and I'm already getting worked up about the Penn State game. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We got a cool. We got a cool. Anyway, that's that's Lorenzo Styles. <laughs> well, uh-huh. so, so so we got a smooth tra- transition here though, because like, God bless him. That Notre Dame fan is right because that is the situation with Josh Simmons, in my opinion. Um, I'll, I'll let you give oh. your take. But well, I was actually going to say I recently had a smooth transition into wearing some new apparel. Oh shit! Um, uh, I've in fact been wearing some some home field apparel lately, uh, Kevin. I'm actually wearing some right now uh, during this podcast. Some some very God, that soft. isn't a lie. That yeah, I'm not lying, <laughs> and we never do. We never do lie. About never, that. we've never lied. Um, no, I'm wearing some soft fleece uh, home field apparel sweatshirt. This is my designated six sweatshirt. I have a bit of a cold today. Uh, whenever I'm feeling shitty, this this thing is so soft and like you know, like a childhood blanket that kind of you know swaddles me. I am like all men. I'm a baby when I'm sick. I think like it's a it's a trait of all like adult men that when we get sick, like we're kind of chilling. You're just gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just like I don't feel good. I'm like texting girls on my phone I talked to two years ago. Like I'm actually not feeling great right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah anyway hopefully apparel supports that hopefully apparel is the official pot official clothing apparel of uh men annoying women um it's the official apparel of having soft sweatshirts when you're sick they are delightful um we're huge fans of theirs they have a great drop they just had a great drop coming this week some virginia tech bass fishing championship gear um uh, they had some other really cool shit coming they had a great uh washington drop you're a fan of the huskies yeah, um, really, really cool stuff out there. I recommend it. You can get 15% off the code Meet at Midfield, which also midfield.com is the website you can subscribe to if you're a listener of this podcast. This is a free one, right? Not a premium, so we should tell them that. Yeah, um, it's free. <laughs> so you should subscribe to midfield.com or we were talking Ohio State all offseason. Our office and thread is already at like, you know, dozens or hundreds of pages at this point in time. Like, I think thousands of comments. It is the place to be. Um, it's great if you're like a very serious high state football fan or a casual one, because like not only are we talking about the news, the usual stuff you want to get, but we're also like the meta of the discussion of every other site's like writers and analysis. Like you're getting yeah. like, okay, but is so and so saying that because of his connection to this guy? And it's like, or like, you know, we're kind of breaking down like the meta of who is saying what because of what. Uh, it's, it's honestly like they're a very demented brain disease. Like, look, we're, we're for the first to say, we're not trying to break news over there. 
but I think we do have the most like brain worms allow us to have like the most accurate takes on what's going to happen usually because the best predictive stuff over there. I, a, I feel that too. To I feel that too. And I think like part of it comes from like, we, there are, there are a lot of sites that can give you the like, the like hands off, observe the, the Buckeyes like sort of thing. But like, we know personally all of the guys who cover the team because we both did it yeah. for like a long time. And so like right. I can text pretty much everybody who covers the team right now. In fact, we've literally done it live on the podcast several times. Right. So, um, that's, yeah, that's we what had gets uh, Ari having beef with somebody over getting a quote stolen from him or something. Remember that? No, it was Roland. Uh, it was Roland. It was Roland. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I texted Ari like some gambling take or something. I don't know. That's right. That 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 checks out too. But um, yeah, Ari. So yeah. By the way, this this is just our official report from inside. Huge Buckeye fan. Um, yeah. Huge, Massive huge Ohio State fan. Like, you guys should see. Kevin mentioned going to his house. You should see the collection of signed Ohio State jerseys he has. Um, Jim Tressel actually wanted his tattoo. Jim Tressel. In a place you normally can't see when he's wearing clothes. Um, but pretty interesting. Pretty interesting fan. Um, no, but yeah, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. You're all good. I mean, I, I was just saying, like, we we are, like, hands-off. I'm not, we make no, we no, make no, like, uh, pretend claim to have, be, like, boots on the ground covering this team. Um, we, I mean, we're in the weeds in terms of how much we pay attention to it, but I'm not going to pressers. Ryan's not going to pressers. I surely am not texting teens and stuff like that, but uh, we have done it and are very involved too. So I guess that's what makes it different, but I guess yeah. we got a, we got a, we got a mediocre offensive lineman to talk about. Yeah. So we landed a uh, Josh Simmons out of San Diego state, who was a redshirt freshman starting right tackle all year for San Diego state um, was the most penalized player on their team Had pretty mediocre uh, pass blocking grades for PFF. Obviously, I've not taken the time yet to watch and break down some San Diego State offensive line film. I'm sure at some point I'll have to do that this offseason when I get bored enough. But I'm still in Argentina for now, so not not happening today. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, pretty much a bummer. Uh, well, look, here's what I'll say is they had to get him, right? He was the last-ditch op- last option we had. He was a relatively yep. highly regarded recruit. Justin Fry recruited him at UCLA. The kid is from San Diego, wanted to stay home. Um, he had offers power from power five schools, including UCLA. He's a prototype body, like 6'6", 315. He was starting as a redshirt freshman. Like, despite some of the challenges, I think he is a guy that can start and contribute and play here. Uh, I expect him to start the season, in fact, at one of the tackle spots. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's awesome. I don't think he's, like, the problem, look, like, they had to get someone, right? With the stage they were at, the, the poor tactical choice they made of not taking somebody in the first window when there were abundant talents available to tackle is very annoying. It's um, cool that you think that was a choice, though. Because by all accounts, yeah. the, by all accounts, they tried. Well, here's what I'll say: they tried for a few guys. The fact they couldn't get them is an indictment on like this fucking team and preparation for it. I, I want to run through some of the guys who are available just just to, just to clarify here, because ended up with again like the most penalized player on like a middle of the pack or, or like lower table San Diego state team in the mountain West, a guy who was not even, he wasn't on a mentioned all conference was nothing. No distinct Quinn. He was, was like, nothing. A, like a, a below. I mean, he was a below average Midwest starting tackle. Uh, sorry. Mountain West starting tackle. Yeah. The other guys available in the portal here, the one in else places you had Jeremiah Byers went from UTEP to FSU 30 game starter, top 30 PFF grades and everything. First team all Cusa in 2022. I will mention the previous year, first team all freshman in 2020. 
Uh, Walter Rouse, the four-year Pac-12 starter at left tackle uh, for Stanford, two, two-time honorable mention all Pac-12. Uh, Gunnar Britton had 17 career starts at West Kentucky, top 25 tackle for PFF. Um, he's going to be a day one uh, SEC left tackle starter for Auburn. Marcellus Johnson is 2022 offensive lineman of the year in MAC at Eastern Michigan. First team all MAC, 32 game starter for Eastern Michigan again at left tackle. Uh, will be a first day starter in the SEC. Dalton Cooper, 36 career starts at left tackle for Texas State, was first team all Sun Belt. Aaron Frost, 36 career starts at right tackle, twice uh, second team all Mountain West, played in Nevada. Uh, Miles Hinton is a former five star with 16 career starts at right tackle out of Stanford, went to Michigan. Uh, Johnny Cornelius, 22 games to start at Rhode Island, first team all CAA both years, hit the portal at two dozen power five offers. He's going to play for Oregon. Might end up moving to guard, but might be a tackle. We'll see. Um, Gottlieb Iadedze is a, a Division II All-American at left tackle, went to Maryland. Ladarius Henderson, 29 career starts between left tackle and left guard of Arizona State. Only allowed two total sacks in his last two full starting seasons. Um, again, ended up at Michigan. The third guy in this list ended up at Michigan. Um, you can like Emmanuel Prignon, who's a uh, freshman All-American out of Wyoming, 6'6", 318. Probably a guard, but he's 6'6", 318. If he's a guard, he's a chance to try out Donovan Jackson at tackle. You have Michael Tarquin, nine-game start for Florida at right tackle. Kadiri Kunta, 27 uh, career left tackle starts for Old Dominion, day one starter for UCLA. Uh, and you have dudes in the interior I didn't even get into yet. You know, you have Javion Cohen, Dylan Wade, Avery Jones, Matt Lee, Clark Barrington, Drake Nugent, Junior Angelau, Micah Mascua, Jarrett Kingston, Cameron Johnson, all guys that had, you know, either 20-plus career starts at the Power Five or had you know, all-conference honors at, at guard, give you more flexibility to kind of move your, ta- your guards at the tackle if you did specifically Donovan Jackson. Or also fill in your gaping center hole that you don't have really answer to. You might start a redshirt freshman at. Like, they needed three new starters this year and didn't take a single clear starter. They took two below average G5 starters out of the portal at the offensive line. They just fucking whiffed. Like, they had, you know, I just named 20 plus guys there they could have taken who are better than anyone they got. And they fucking whiffed. They tried for allegedly, I think, like three or four of them. But they tried for Cornelius, Dalton Cooper, Gunnar Britton. I think maybe that's actually the only three I've heard them link to. Um, they tried for at least three guys. Oh, Kingston as well. That's that's four. Um, they tried for four guys and didn't get fucking any of them. Like, that's... That sucks. Like The, the four guys who were actually right. good you tried for, you whiffed on. First of all, you should have cast the wider net. You should have done it faster. You should have done it more aggressively. Um, second, you're Ohio State. Like, you had the best thing to offer out of anybody. Like, out of anyone going to the portal... Alabama didn't take anybody. Georgia didn't take anybody. You know, Michigan is filling in like depth spots. It's like maybe one of those guys is going to start for Michigan this year. Um, maybe two at the most. They're probably both interior guys. Like you're you're not losing out to better O line development schools. You just put two tackles in the NFL draft. Like you should be able to beat up anybody who was who's offering this stuff. What happened? Like how is this the best you can get? Why are you taking guys who have five combined years of starting experience left instead of like getting a, a you know. With the way you're recruiting, you should take a one-year rental who's a sure thing yeah. at a tackle spot. Start him, send him to the NFL, and then and then that's all you need. That's what you I should think, be taking. I think that is, like, for better or for worse, the reason why Ohio State ended up with who they got is, by all accounts, it seems like they were not willing to take a one-year rental. And uh, they wanted, I, I think, the, the biggest... Um, kind of perk of Josh Simmons is that he has three years of eligibility remaining. And I think they want him to be a multi-year starter and they don't want, they don't want to be in this position next year. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't think that's the best move, but that seems to be what they want. Yeah, I I agree. I think also 
if you have your hand-picked O-line coach who hired away from his OC job at UCLA, and he can't develop, you know, one starting left tackle after two Any years, year. yeah, two which years. is what he'd be asking to two years at this point in time. That's fucking crazy. That's if you can't get him to do that, then why'd you hire him? Like if you don't have faith in him to do that, like you can't tell him to develop a guy after a full year behind another player starting. Yeah. Like Josh Fires an Unquani, right? He's gonna play. Better or worse. Um you couldn't get one dude to give these guys a breath. Like, you know, you, at that point, you'd have Zen Mikulski in year four. You'd have Tegra, who's probably, again, I've said it all the time, as a guard in year three. You'd have George Patrick in uh, year three. You'd have Luke Montgomery in year two. You'd have quite a few guys you'd be expecting to be ready to bite there. You can't get one of them to start. Come the fuck on. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I guess the only the only positive spin I can put here is that despite everything that we just said, Ohio State is objectively better off having added Josh Simmons because at the very least, I think that he is a tackle with a tackle's frame and a tackle's skill yep. set. And oh, he's going that to was, start. Yeah. That that's what was missing. And so um it's not it's certainly not the best that Ohio State could have done, but it's going to be much, much better than if they would have trotted out Tegra Shabola next year. And like to be fair, I think we we both like Tegra. We just think he's a guard instead. So I think Tegra is a great guard. I think he's going to be a very, very good guard next year. I think whenever Matt Jones leaves and he's going to start at right guard, I think he's going to kick ass. I just think he's not a tackle at all. Yeah. And so this is at least a tackle. He moves like a tackle. He plays like a tackle. He has the frame of a tackle. Um, And hypothetically, he can get better. You know, like, well, there's probably a reason why Justin Fry recruited him in the first place to UCLA. And uh, maybe he has faith in him. Maybe he sees something. Yeah. Well, well, well. if you choose to be optimistic, there are reasons to be optimistic-ish, but uh, that that doesn't really change the fact that Ohio State did whiff on all of their first targets to to start. Yeah, but oh, out of four, yeah, pretty frustrating. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they're not willing to play this game in the border where they offer guaranteed jobs to guys. And... Yeah, literally everyone says that. I, I think like. I, I saw, I clicked on the 11 Warriors commitment video or commitment post of uh, Josh Simmons. And like the first quote I saw was like, they made no promises to me. They told me that I could come in and compete. And I was like, damn it. Ugh. Well, that's why. Just lie. Just lie. Like if you don't think that the guy, there's a, like if there's a chance that you think the guy might not earn a starting job, like just lie or start him for the first half of the first game and say, ah, oh, sorry, we, we gave you a chance. You just couldn't do it. like, you know, like, uh, but um, that's yeah. That's where it, we're it's at. Just, it just sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, we we talked about the strategy. I think we already did this on the podcast already before the strategy of it. Several it's just times, stupid, but whatever. I mean, whenever they hire me to run the program, I'll get fixed. But until then, I guess we just gotta gotta yeah, run man. it out. But um, I don't know. That's fine. They they did what they, they with what was left available. They did what they could. It's a good enough win, I guess. Whatever. Um, in the bare minimum, as always, never just always on the standard slip. No home runs here. Just just fucking ground rule doubles. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, bunt. let's this, be honest. This, this was a bunt. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. That's a bunt. That is a bunt. Maybe a sack fly for being generous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. Uh, you got him. Besides that, we have uh, what else? We got. We got fucking Malone. Taiwan Malone. Uh. Ole Miss had 14 tackles in his first two years, D-tackle, former top 100 recruit. Guy that Ohio State arguably finished second or third for in his recruitment uh, when he was out of high school in New Jersey. 
baseball player was his big thing. Uh, he went to play two sports in college, was convinced he was a power hitting MLB player. He is not that. He's also not really sell the football field yet, but he has uh, he has a super talented dude. Just missing spring football or parts of every year is pretty frustrating, obviously, and pretty difficult. Um, Alex Gleitman reported he's basically down to Ohio State and Miami. He's taking his Miami OV this weekend. It seems like Ohio State leads, by all accounts, should be deciding soon. Um, he's not going to play baseball uh, next time also for Gleitman. Uh, that's Alex Gleitman, BuckeyeHuddle.com, by the way. Um, which is good. I mean, look, this is great. Again, we already talked about him a little bit, but he'd be the fourth defensive tackle to play alongside the top three of Hamilton, Hall, and Williams. Um, he's probably a true one-tech, I think, which gives some space for Mike Williams to play more across the line, uh, as well as Williams. So basically all three of those guys, Williams, Hall, and, and, um, and Malone, could probably play either, either position, which is really cool. Some versatility there. Put your best two on. A huge upgrade over Jade McKenzie. Presumably they kick Jade McKenzie out if he comes in. I think it's a. I think that'd be great to get him. I think they're going to get him. It gives you more time to buy on Hero Khan, who did look good in the spring game, by the way, um, which was good. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like him. I want to get him. Yeah, I mean, that's. I don't. I don't really have anything else to add. I think that's just. It's one of those where it's like, um, it seems like it would make sense for him and Ohio State in the future. Because like the other thing is, Mike Hall. How how many of those D tackles are gone after this year? Mike Hall for sure is gone. Um, Tyleek is probably gone. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's likelier than not that Mike Hall is gone. I think Williams is probably back. I, I don't know. Williams seems like he wants to go. I feel like he is like itching to go, Yeah, but he's actually get the grade for it. He could be, he could be a classic, like, go, like Luke Whipler, Jalen Marshall, Noah Brown goes to student guy. Yeah. Uh, he kind of has that vibe to him, but I think if he comes back, that'd be great. Um, Hall. I think it's a probably day two pick, but could be a day one pick if he if he stays for four. I don't know. D tackles going in three years is pretty tough. Not a lot of them do that. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. Uh, I, I guess it just depends on what kind of year he has because there were times when he felt like the most dominant player on the football field, but there's times when he's like non-existent. Also, um, maybe some of that's due to health. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, I think that's kind of the case with him. But all that to say is that Tywan Malone like he could be coming into a pretty advantageous scenario too, because if he comes in, he's going to be yeah. have some depth to start, but there's a chance that next year he's in a starting spot or a much bigger spot, you know, the year after. So, um, yeah, and it gives know. you a great development pathway as well. Like whether he's sharing the field with Ty Hamilton or Tyler Williams, you also have, you'd have him, you'd have hero Kondo coming along. Jason Moore would be in year two. They like a lot. They seem to love Kane McDonald. He'd be in year two. Like D tackle looks good right now for Ohio. They got to sign some guys this class, but D tackle right now looks pretty good for Ohio State for the next couple of years, uh, which is nice. So it's been, it hasn't been that way in a little bit since Hamilton left. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have have that. Um, besides that, the guys who left already, we already talked about Caleb Burton last time. Uh, Caleb Brown transferred out, and Ben Crispin transferred out. Um, Ben Crispin, sure it makes sense, right? Kids entering. Entering year four, probably not going to be the two D. Entering year three, what's when three? I think he was year three. three I think three. entering year three wasn't going to be the two deep. Um, you know, makes sense, right? Like, I mean, didn't didn't have yeah. a job. Former top two hundred recruit. It's kind of guy that tends to leave. Uh, you know, Caleb Brown, top two hundred guy, or maybe top one hundred guy. I think top one hundred entering year two. I would have liked to keep Caleb Brown. Actually, I think of those year two receivers are my favorite one. 
but so it goes. I mean, yeah, I think, I think my take was, has always been um, that I don't think any of those 2022 receivers are really going to make any sort of impact or play really at all. Um, So it does not shock me that they're leaving and I would, it's almost to the point where I'd be shocked if the other two guys ever really saw the field either. So um, they're just kind of reading the tea leaves and I can't knock them for getting out early, I guess. Yeah. The good news is that opens up another spot in the recruiting class for Brian Hartline, which we always want to see. Basically, yeah. the more shots you give Brian Hartline assigning good players, the better, because he'll just go get the best ones available. So no yeah. complaints for me. Yeah, um, that, that's fine. That's fine. It's not like all the best. Like, it's just, it's one of those scenarios where like this guy could end up going and like lighting it up for, I don't know. Where's he from? Where's he going to transfer? Uh, he is from Chicago. Oh. Maybe Michigan so, State just lost a receiver. Uh, maybe, yeah. Him. Yeah, go, go, go play for Michigan State. Like, I don't know. I, that's, that's one of those things where it's like, I there's that whole thing with Jameson Williams where people were like salty about him, like maybe leaving. I, I, I don't really know. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you have to be so good to beat the guys that are currently on Ohio State's roster or coming behind him that like, there's no shame in leaving and being a star somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's, it's gone very well for other players who have left, right? Like uh, what's his name? Mookie Cooper. Uh, yeah. Getting some more reps at Mizzou. Like there are guys out there. There's certainly jobs to be had. If you are, uh, if you're an Ohio state player, I mean, you're, you're, uh, he'll be fine. He'll be all right. He's a big boy. Yeah. Um, you want to get to some of the draft stuff where the Ohio state players went where the UDFA, what happened to the UDFA guys, that whole yeah, stuff. We, we, you we can hit that? that. We can hit that pretty, pretty quick. Uh, obviously we got, we had was it six six players drafted five offense one defense once again six players drafted uh that is the exact correct breakdown yes sir uh cool. so that's cool um not exactly a i don't know ohio state is kind of it's having some weaker draft years uh, it's two years in a row with six guys you know, we, we have this we have this like listed like in our like breakdown of what we're gonna talk about today, like early takes on opportunities for Buckeye players and oh that's next year's draft. Okay, so like Ohio State players in this year's draft, like I could not really like for the most part be really less interested in where most of these guys landed. Like who who are you excited about? Like who are you like, oh that's a great fit. Like I'm really excited that they're there. Like I, I couldn't even like hype myself up for most of these. Like Daywan Jones and Luke Whipler with the Browns, like that's like doesn't interest me at all. Um CJ Stroud with the Texans, like I that's probably as close as it gets because he's might be a day one starter. Um and then I guess like JSN with the Seahawks, like that's kind of interesting. I don't I don't yeah, know. I think JSN, I don't know. Like I think I think Paris is great. Paris is going to play yeah. well. But I don't really, where he went didn't really matter to me. Like, you're, you're going to start him with left tackle. will be your franchise right. left tackle for 10 years. Like, it doesn't right. really matter where you go play ball. You're right. fine. Um, yeah, Stroud I don't know. Stroud, I mean, Stroud definitely had the most intrigue. Um, yeah. Obviously. He's he, going to line and, around him. That's great for him. That's good. Yeah. It'll be, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be. It. That's a, I mean, obviously that feels like a multi-year re- rebuild for the Texans. I think this year could be yeah. pretty rough for him. Um, I don't really, I don't know what their receiving core looks like, and that's bad news for them because like I do actually decently pay attention to the NFL. So the fact that I am not confident in naming two or three receivers on that roster, God, I, could I name one? Yeah, they have could no I name one receiver. 
Do they? Okay. So yeah. the Ohio State Buckeye to Buckeye connection there. Um he's, God, he's, this is a this this is a grim fucking list. It's <laughs> that, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. To be to Nico be, to be clear, Michigan's. Yeah, I, I, I feel like yeah. I need to give the the uh, the advisory here is that I actually have C.J. Stroud. He's my dynasty quarterback in in our dynasty league with me and Ryan. Yeah. So so I I want him to succeed here. I just I am uh, hoping that they can maybe tank again, maybe get Marv. Yeah. Well, I mean, they trade away a lot. The crazy part is, is like. Look, I think it's more important to get your like as long as you have an O line around your quarterback, though you can get the weapons later. Like the weapons are kind of yeah. easier to upgrade to, I think. But That's like fair. they are gonna have to draft some guys for him fast. because uh, they have the best receiver is Robert Woods, right? Like that's I mean, he's yeah, a 31-year-old perennial perennial wide receiver too, basically, is like who you got. Um who played for Tennessee last year, had a pretty big dip. Like he only caught 53 balls in 17 games after his you know previous three healthy seasons got 86 or more every year. He is on the wrong side of 30. I don't think anyone would mistake him for being a dude. You, you have John Mechie who oh, uh, yeah. who he, sat didn't he have out cancer? his yeah he has cancer. cancer he's leukemia and sat out his his first season. Um, they just drafted Xavier Hutchinson uh, in the sixth round and uh, Tank Dell uh, out of Houston in the Good third God. round. Tank Dell is five foot eight, one sixty-five. Uh I like Thayer Hutchinson a bit, but he's a six round receiver. Uh besides that, you have Noah Brown of Ohio State. Uh and Nico Collins out of Michigan. What's he done in the pros? I don't know. I'm trying to think about it. What, what is much. Nico Collins been up to? Not um much. Yeah, that Nico is Collins and his that is yeah, for, Well, that that kind of first makes... two seasons, first two seasons combined, he has 70 catches, 927 yards. Like not bad for like a third receiver on a team, but that that makes the the move of trading pick eleven and moving up to draft Will Anderson instead of getting Jackson Smith and Jigba. That makes that yeah. Well, then he, mind, that's the problem is that team needs everything. Is. Like you they said, do. it's a multi-year rebuild. So like, why, again, why do you trade up capital to get one specific guy? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And that's that's like trading up especially to a number one, two, or three pick. I, I can make fun of this this friend because he's not listening to my podcast. He's a Miami fan. Um, I had a friend who, as soon as the uh, the Panthers traded up for the number one overall pick, was like, oh, dude, the Bears got fleeced. And I was like, they did not. Like, anybody, I, 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 am the, I hate trading up. I would lose my mind, no matter who the player is. If if my team was trading up and giving up as much capital as the Panthers and the Texans gave up to to move to those spots, like it is, in my opinion, mind blowingly dumb to do that. When, especially for a quarterback, now I know that the Texans didn't draft a quarterback with pick number three. It's it's at best a coin flip. At best a coin flip whether your your quarterback's going to pan out, and you are giving up multi years of draft capital on a coin flip essentially. So, um, yeah, that I, I hate, I hate those type of trades. Um, and I especially hate it when you already had a top two, but like you already got your quarterback. Yeah. I just, in, in what world, like maybe I'm an idiot here and I, and I, I, you know, I like Will Anderson in what world is a rookie linebacker worth that capital for? Like that makes no sense to me. Yeah. And it's not like, 
I mean, it's not like Anderson lit it on fire this year either, right? Like Anderson no. was amazing in 2021, like what a transcendent was. player. And then 2022 came, good year, not a dominant year. I think he's still going to be a really good edge rusher in the NFL. And it's a guy yeah, who the program, but like, like I like him. I don't I know, like, like a guy like Jalen Carter dropped to nine, right? Like you were at eleven, like yeah. I don't know. I just think the idea of where you trade to to get him, it makes no sense. It makes no yeah, sense I to me. It's it's it. it's the same thing that's like I really liked Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. I love both of them. It makes no sense that they were drafted as high as they were. No yeah, sense. Yeah, this is yeah. Does it doesn't make sense? Yeah. It's, Even if they could, they could be the best running backs in the NFL this year, and it wouldn't make any sense at all. So it's just like I, I don't understand how these NFL GMs do. They just not have brains. Like, do they not like think about that? Like, it just it's it's mind blowing. And I know that both of us are pretty pleased with how our teams have been operating the past. Our our NFL teams have been operating the past several years, and it's yeah. just especially for me being a Bengals fan, how many horrible NFL drafts I had to walk through. I mean, this is the franchise that drafted John Ross in the top in the first round that I think it was the top 10 or something like that. Maybe top 15. Um, They drafted John Ross because he was fast. So um, I I mean, I I am pleased with that. My team was the one who was smart enough to grab Chase Brown in the fifth round instead of draft B. John Robinson or something like that. It's just Fantastic yeah, I mean, I mean, they also again they gave up the the first rounder. And they gave up next year's first rounder too. Yeah, like like they like so you're passing on a chance to even really help <laughs> that much more for uh, a rookie uh, linebacker for, for for a rookie. I mean, like it's just not. And sure, he's an edge, whatever. But like I, I just don't. Yeah. I don't fucking get it, dude. I just straight up do not understand the move. It doesn't make much sense to me. I think it's a poor pick. I was baffled. Like I, 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 when I heard they were trading up, I was like, it, it made no sense to me. Cause like, to me, if you're going to draft CJ Stroud, the like trend is to get the, the like favorite target receiver. And it, when they drafted CJ Stroud, I thought sure that that meant they were getting JSN at 11 and they traded up yeah. like that made no sense to me. So um, I guess that's, that's mind blowingly dumb for me. Because now they can't even, like, the other thing that you could think is like, oh, well, if they're bad this year, they could just get Marv next year, maybe trade up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, but that's that's out the window, too, because they don't have a, a first-round pick next year either. So, um, right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, just, I mean, just, just I, I don't get it. It's obviously, it's in my opinion, a pretty bad choice. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't get it. But, okay, we talked about Paris, up with CJ. Uh, Jackson with the Jigba, I think, great landing spot. Good quarterback system. They have good receivers around him. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think he's going to play really, really well there. I, I think to me, like, makes complete sense for him to make that move. Um, Zach Harrison fell in the third round, pick seventy-five for Atlanta. I think we talked about this before he got before the draft, but makes sense. He has he has nothing in his bag for pass rush. It's base end. I think he's a good base end. I think he's a guy who played in the NFL for ten years, but no pass rush moves. Um, DeWan Jones, who some people I want to say. I fucking nailed that one. I, I wanted to point out that I was 100% ready to one judge. People had him going in the first fucking round, including to the yeah. Steelers. Uh, fell all the way to pick 111 at the Cleveland Browns. He can do one thing. All he does is quick set. That's all he does. He will get beat in the NFL. It will not work. 
He's a great guy to take and develop and see if you can teach him how to play off the tackle. Yeah, I mean, because... it was it was getting to the point like late in like the third round. I was like, okay, this is getting to the point where it's like someone someone needs to just take a flyer on him because like if it works yeah. out, it would be great. But yeah, right. Speaking of guys who fell, Luke Whipler left early. Yeah, uh, after his third season to go be drafted in the sixth round as pick one ninety. Um, lose lose everyone involved. Bad for Luke Whipler. Bad for the Buckeyes. Didn't make much sense. Like people, like he tried to overgame the draft, right? Like you can't worry as much about your positional perceived positional ranking, like weak or strong years. You have to like you have to actually be a good prospect. Teams like like sorry to be a dick about it, but like right. Whipler was never dominant for Ohio. He was a good Big Ten center, not a dominant guy, not a physically dominant guy. Would have been much better off another year in college. Much better off. Yeah, yeah, I. But, I it made no sense to me. At least he got drafted, though, because Ronnie Hickman just, uh, I mean, he, he fucked himself, too, by, uh, I, mean, I mean, to be, his decision itself was not the problem. It was, he made the decision and then had the two worst games of his career against, like, in the biggest moments yeah. of his career, too, so. Um, Seems like I maybe think, you should have waited on that one, yeah. Yeah, man, that was, uh, I mean, I I think we were both pretty we were both pretty critical of that the second that he announced it we were thought that was a little weird but um, yeah for sure yeah don't um, don't announce don't announce that you're going pro in the middle of no. the season there were uh three other guys who went undrafted free agents that if they were all seniors underclassmen but cam brown uh ended up uh and playing for the chargers uh jerron cage is with the saints and tanner McAllister is also with the browns um huh well i don't i don't, I don't know think we'll see <laughs> yeah i don't think we'll see those guys play much the nfl no that's what i have to uh, say could be wrong but but yeah i guess we got we can do a, a couple a, a look at next year's class because i i think next year's nfl draft class before we get out of here is um gonna be pretty stacked uh all things considered and relative to how this past this past year uh shook out yeah. but i think um obviously the first is marvin harrison jr right yeah i mean marvin harrison jr is i will say no one's gone i think top three in the draft as a wide receiver since kelvin johnson people are kind of yeah. universally projecting him there uh, that that feels a little heavy for me it does i, well, I mean you. i mean what it's just it's such a quarterback heavy like the draft itself is so quarterback heavy that like even if i do think that he probably is one of the like top three players in the draft class talent wise that doesn't mean that's where he's going to go because like invariably there's going to be some team that trades up to number three and drafts like i don't fucking know quinn ewers or something like that you know like yeah. that's just that's just how it goes and, and i guess like like marv is a, marv is a prototype of a receiver right i'm wrong he's great like but what's his elite skill like like what does he do better than like like he's a really like he's really good at pretty much everything doesn't have elite size doesn't have i think he's got i think he's got really good ball skills yeah really really good i think his great ball skills i think he has like pretty strong route running uh you know great speed sorry good speed great size but like is what is his elite trait like what is the thing he does better than anyone else in the game like I, i don't I mean that, that that's fair, but I think that's like one of those where it's like 
if you're number two at every other category, then like that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> sure, sure. I, I like again. I'm not saying he's not a top ten pick. I'm just saying like top yeah. three in this quarterback yeah. class. That's yeah. my only beef. But yeah. Marv's, Marv's a surefire top ten pick. No doubt about yeah. it. Top ten pick. And then we got Hands JT. Down, no questions asked. Yeah, JT. Um, I mean, I he's he's kind of a him and to a much greater extent. Uh, Jack Sawyer are kind of wild cards to me because like um, it's hard to even put him in the same category in terms of being a wild card, but like JT, like I could see him. I, I feel like he's an, he's a, he's a first round pick regardless, but depending on how he performs this year, like if he plays as dominantly as I expect him to, or like he could like that chase young level and like what he showed against Penn state, this is a top five pick. Right. But uh, yeah, I think the comp for him is Brian Brzee, who just went uh, out of Clemson in the first That's round. Fair. Pick twenty twenty something, twenty eight yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, I mean I, th- that's like who he reminds me of physically. He's a little smaller than Brzee and probably a little more athletic. Definitely, definitely more athletic. Right, but like he's kind of that bigger and yeah, he can be very, very good, very, very good. I, I just want to see. I want to see him kind of put it all together. Right. That, that that's the thing is it's like right now, like I could see him being like a late first rounder. But if you would like, if you would just like give me a sneak peek into the preview and show me, show him being like a top five pick, like it wouldn't shock me at all. Like I I could easily see him just having like a monster season, like a game breaking season and end up, you know, vaulting up draft boards and being one of those. I mean, the NFL loves guys who can play multiple positions or, you know, move around on the offensive line and can create havoc and stuff or defensive line and create havoc. And that's kind of who he is. Yeah, I agree. I think he is one of four players for Ohio State. There's a chance to be a first-round pick. We already had Marv. Well, I'm not counting Kyle McCord back. He's kind of an unknown, but but yeah. uh, and I wouldn't bet on it. But okay, so you, you have Marv, you have JT. Emeka, to me, Emeka's the number two receiver in this class, in my opinion. I like Romeo Dunze yep. out of Washington. I like the kid of Florida State. Uh, there's some other players out there who are you know impressive. Xavier Worthy. But like I think Emeka is the second best receiver in this class, and probably goes first round because of that. I mean, almost certainly goes first round. Yeah. Um, and then your I would also say Mike Hall. Oh. That's right, it's Cade Stover. <laughs> uh, I've got Mike Hall with a chance to go. Um, Mike Hall also a bit of a swing guy. Like I, I think he's going day two, worst case. Day. He's a top 50, 60 pick, worst case. But I think that guy's day one pick. Um, great traits. I I like him a lot. No. Uh, and- I, I think just in the in the sheer how many when he's been healthy, he's just dominated games. And kind of the same yeah. thing as like JT. Like we've seen his ceiling. And if he can play at that ceiling more often, that to me spells first round pick. But um man, outside of that, like just just scrolling down, like there's a bunch of guys that like are going to get drafted, even if they're not um, you know, top first day picks or something like that. Like uh well. This this is another interesting one, Denzel Burke, because I feel like this is a guy who, like, if you would have told me after his freshman season that this was like a first round pick for sure, I would one hundred percent believed you. But then last year he was like straight up ass. So like, if yeah, he... and also not huge, not huge, right? And so so that that that's an interesting one. Like he's he's listed at six six one one ninety. So uh, that guy's not six one. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I I I don't I don't know. That, that that's a wild card to me, but like. 
all these other guys, like I'll just list off a bunch of guys that are for sure going to get drafted. Um, I don't really even know where. Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, they're both gone. Like they're both going to be draft picks somewhere. Cade Stover, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, um, Lathan Ransom, probably. Um, Julian Fleming, probably. And he might be, it, that's another wild card where it's like, it might be in his best interest to come back and we'll, we'll see. Um, JSN seemed confident that he was going to be gone and was going to be a first round pick, which is pretty bold. Um, Jack Sawyer, another one. Um, I, I have no idea what to expect or think about him. Tyleek Williams, we talked about him earlier. Kyle McCord's another guy where it's like, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked, but also um, Matt Jones, like, I, I, yeah, there's there's just a lot. Like this could be a very heavy Ohio State draft. See, here's what I'll say: is I have I have Marv is 100 top five, top ten, whatever. I have JT and Emeka in the first round. Uh, I have my calls between your like top 50 guy could go first, could go second. I have Ty Leak and Eichenberg as day two picks. Uh, I have on the the tweener spot between day two or day three is is Burke and Ransom. I have Matt Jones and Steel Chambers as day three picks. I would say. The guy, I, I think one of Trey or Mayan will go. Probably Mayan is probably a day three guy. Um, the talk of, of Trey first round is ridiculous. If you hear someone say that, don't take them seriously anymore. Yeah. Um, completely unserious. The guys that think come back to school are probably Sawyer, uh, again, one of Trey or Mayan, Fleming, uh, Hancock, Donovan Jackson, and Josh Fryer. People are talking about John Jackson first round pick. He wasn't even that good of a guard. He was like a pretty average guard. Yeah. He's a guard. Like yeah. he has a lot to improve. That that is a four-year player. There's no way he should go for next year. If he goes for next year, he's getting Luke Whipler. Um I have his UDFA. Oh, that's a I have, now. Yeah, he's getting Whipler. Uh he's getting Jalen Marshall, whatever. I have uh Kate Stover, Chip Trayanum, Josh Proctor, and Cody Simon as UDFAs. I think both Chip and Cody can come back to school if they want to. I'm not sure if they will. Um I bet I bet Kate Stover, Stover talk. I bet Kate Stover gets drafted. I bet he will. <sighs> a lot of injury history there. Horrible blocker down the stretch. Like he has to. He better in his best games of the season against Penn State, against Michigan, if they make the playoff. He better fucking look good because he's not a dynamic pass catcher. Can't do anything with the ball in his hands. He dropped it way too often, and he whiffed on all of his blocks on the meaningful games last season. Just absolutely horrible blocker. And if that has any kind of continuation of the season, he shouldn't even bother going. He shouldn't. He just quit football. At no point in trying to go play pro because you're not going to get a contract. Kate Stover or Kate, Kate Stover was weird though because. I genuinely felt like he was a useful player the first half of the season. Like you yeah, watch him, you watch you watch him against Wisconsin. And so like I wonder he he famously had the quote of like, I'll never admit how much injuries played into, into oh, my God hated that. So so like that the fact that he said that is exactly what he wanted from me. He wants me to speculate that, oh, maybe he was injured and that's why he wasn't playing well. He's got me hooked. Yeah, you can tell because so, there's a brace on every joint on in his body. Dude looks like Robocop out there. But um he that's wishes, that's yeah. that's the only thing that that like the way that he played towards the beginning of the season, coupled with that quote of implying that he was very injured or whatever, um, leads me to believe that he could have a strong season and could end up uh, drafted yeah. purely by uh, his there's size. There's been some talk. Too. Yeah. Our buddy, Bill Landis, who yeah, I know does not actually kind of think this, but is, it's an article to write in the off season, suggested it could challenge like the all-time players drafted record of 15 by LSU. It was a previous tie between Georgia last year and Ohio State with 14 and 2016, 2015 draft. Um, 
I, I would bet it does not come close to that. I think it's like a low double digits, like maybe 10 or 11 guys if it gets lucky. Um, but uh, if it does, that means good. It means we're developing for the first time in three or four years, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, I, of course, like to see that happen. I don't know if I have much faith in that from this team, but if it does, it means Ohio State probably is making a run at the national championships. That's great. So I, I hopefully hope it happens, but consider me un, you know, unconvinced, basically, is where I'm at. Yeah. But either, I mean, either way, it's going to be a lot of guys to the NFL. Um, yeah, it's, and, good. it's a good group. It's a good group. I mean, they have enough talent. They should win. They should win a lot of things. A lot of things. A lot of things. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we're not going to be able to talk about go without talking about the things that we expect them to win for long, but uh, we will, we will yeah. hold out for now and just settle with, they should be a good football team. Well, go Bucks, Michigan sucks and good football is on the way. God bless. God willing. <laughs>